Each year, Tucson Electric Power recognizes local businesses, organizations, and individuals that partner with them to preserve the environment and promote sustainability. These are forward-thinking partners who are creative and effective in their approaches to promoting greater sustainability in the Tucson community. We're spotlighting the 2019 award winners for our Go Green Award podcast series. And today, we welcome barely, just barely, former mayor of Tucson, Jonathan Rothschild. Hello, I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, and this is Down to Earth Tucson. Jonathan, I can't even begin to tell you how happy I am to have you all to myself sitting here next to me (laughs) in this studio. It's like, oh, happy days. Well, and it's good to know that Mrs. Green has an alias. Uh, True. Gina (laughs) Murphy-Darling. That's true. That's true. There are people out there that really do not know my name. And I've been introduced for speaking. They're like, "Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I just know it was Mrs. Green. And I'm like, I'm good with that. Yeah. So before we dive into the content of the show, I want to brag about you just a bit, which I know will make you feel uncomfortable, but I love it because it's my show. (laughs) Um, I was actually kind of surprised when I opened your bio and realized, oh, that's right. Jonathan is part of a prestigious, well-respected law firm. How quickly we forget. Um, Your practice is Mesh, Clark, and Rothschild. Yes. And it focuses on business law, employment, and estate planning. And I yes. think I did know that like nine years ago. Yes. But now it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He went back to work. I did. Um, and a little bit about the firm, because I do my homework. Um, you personally are committed to preventative maintenance strategy, which probably served you well as mayor. And that's what I was thinking about, which includes audits of policies, procedures, corporate structures, and contracts, which is very interesting relative to our off-air conversation. You're the right man for the job. Okay. And I'm quite sure that I don't know all about you that I would like to, but I've wanted to say this on the air and probably have in the past. I've been here for 45 years through many mayors, and I never saw anyone so fully out there in the community as you were. And you and I used to joke about it because some days I had three appointments or, or things to do that were out in the community, and I saw you at all three. And then I would think, and he's he's still running the mayor's office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I mean... I, Juggling I, a lot. Yeah, I, I, well, thank you, first of all, for all of that. And uh, I have returned to the practice of law, uh, mainly uh, because I have two sons that are practicing law there, and I'm really enjoying spending time with them. And uh, just kind of as I took the job in the mayor's office, it's not that different. I really am a person who, if you have a problem or a task that needs to get done, I enjoy solving it or doing it. And, And that was the way I approached the work as the mayor, but also when you are the mayor, uh, it is important that you get out in the community as much as you can uh, for a couple of reasons. And you can say one of them is selfish because if you meet people, you'll probably get reelected. Right. Uh, that strategy worked. That strategy worked. <laughs> but the real reason is, and I found and learned a lot, every time you go out to something, you meet people, you go someplace where generally good things are happening, not always, but generally good things are happening. And so you learn who's doing good things in the community, you learn what they're doing, and all of that you can kind of put into your 
uh, mind and use as a resource for other people when they have questions. And so it's a great way to learn about the community and it, it's a you know very unique opportunity. I mean, they don't pay you very much, uh, but what they pay you to really learn your community and then do what's best. And so it's it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, you were out there a lot. And I, I was thinking about this when I was prepping for the show. In eight years, I was only mad at you once. <laughs> and you knew it because we were at a city council meeting and then I saw you at an event that night and you came up to me and said, you're mad at me, right? And I went, yeah, I really am. And it wasn't your fault. It wasn't. It's politics, but it was about the plastic bag thing. It was like, oh my God. And they did the preemptive strike. I think that's what you called it. Like we had a strategy and then the chamber and a lot of the people came in and made a compelling case and so we still don't have a plastic bag ban. But now it's against the law in our state. Uh, we could talk about that at length, but uh, w- one of the uh, key issues across the country in the United States, uh, because other countries run differently, uh, is uh, the ability to have local autonomy. And um, it, it is general law that if a state says something and a local government tries to go against it, state law will um, uh, uh, win. But the question is, when does the state need to make a law right. as opposed right. to allowing local governments to experiment? Right. And um, our state legislature for years, well before plastic bags, has been pretty clear that in the... Um, area of environmental regulation that they don't want to see the local governments involved. I disagree with that uh, in general um, because the idea of having local governments is to have uh, sort of laboratories where you try things and see if they work. Uh, And um, I think at the time that that was coming up, had Bisbee already done their thing? It had. And, you know, the last thing in the world I want to do is bring up the one negative thing in eight (laughs) years. I don't want to dwell on that because I have such respect for you and what you did and how many times you you were in the fire. And what I knew is how honorable you are, how contemplative you are, and that's the way things go. I mean, it was, I'm a rabid environmentalist. I wasn't going to be doing the happy dance, but I don't, I don't want to dwell on that at all. It was more more kind of a joke, like, and I was only mad at you one time, but let's, let's go on to what this award is about. Um, because I do have sincere high praise for you and all you did and how you brought us forward. So you got, or the city got the Progressive Partner Award, right? And you were recognized for bringing to Tucson a public bike bike share yeah, system. That was great. How it is fun! Great. And and it provides residents and visitors with a fun, healthy, and eco friendly way to navigate the city. And I have to read this because I think it's really big. Again. It was so many moving parts to make that happen. Yes. You don't just make an announcement. It was your office. It was um, Tugo Bike Share. Yes. It was the Department of Transportation. Right. And many businesses, including Tucson Electric Power, yep. who seems to show up a lot with they the do. money. 
They do. They. That's why I am proud to be one of their partners. They yeah. are really doing their part to move the green needle forward. But they fund a lot of things that wouldn't happen without their financial yeah. support. In, in this case, uh, in the bike share case, our couple of people in our Department of Transportation, we have people that are um, specifically assigned only to alternative means of transportation, whether it be bicycles or uh, scooters or streetcars. Um, and uh, they came with the idea of bike share, which had been in other cities. And I said, that sounds like a good idea, but how are we going to pay for it? And they brought me a budget and said, if you can raise this much money, we can go out to the vendors that are out there and, um, you know, get this program off the ground. And so I went out to a number of people, TEP uh, as a principal sponsor, TMC was a sponsor. I know I'll forget a lot of them. Yeah, I don't know El any of them. El right, Rio is a sponsor. Right, right. And um, uh, they put up the money uh, for the capital, in other words, getting the bikes, getting the stations. And the program has been a real success. And part of that is the company, the Tugo company that came in. Um, they're really good. They... Uh, they're, they have very low overhead. They're very responsible. And so the program works. And uh, by doing so, we get people off of the streets, stop driving. And I think that uh, I'm just looking at, uh, at the year after the program launched, I think we had 30,000 trips. And 14,000 pounds of CO2 emission yeah. reduction. Yeah. And I'm sure that continues to g grow and it cracks me up because I'm walking around downtown a lot. I'm downtown a lot and I, there's a bike like right there. And there are times when I'm serious, like I just want to get on the bike because it is a to-go. I love that. It's a to-go bike. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, you always are concerned when you start a new program if it's going to take... And this one did, and uh, we're through just about the first round of funding. And apparently, uh, the operators went back really on their own at that point because they've developed relationships with their with the donors and the sponsors, and they're going strong. It's like a dream, a public-private yeah. partnership that continues yeah. after the public part, which is so critical in making it happen. Yeah. So when I saw you the other night at the Butterfly Gala, I warned you, we weren't just going to do that um, because there's things that I want to ask you when I have you here. And okay. I, want, I want to just press pause for a minute and again say, I love these segments that I'm doing for TEP on the Go Green Awards. I um, co-host it with Dave Hutchins. Right. We have a blast. And I love that they're honoring a lot of these sustainability things. And I mean, they're going to be playing a major role in infrastructure. That's what I ask anybody. You know, Chapman's another one of my sponsors. How are we going to do infrastructure? How are we going to do infrastructure? Well, they're on it. Well, and, it, and you know, it is interesting because um, there are places in the uh, environmental world where, you know, people are hard on TEP. And... Um, uh, you know, my my view of that is a couple of things. One, we we 
even when I started, you know, in on this, the real focus was on shifting from finite resources to renewable resources. And the focus was on conservation. And in my mind, that needs to remain the focus. Um, subsequent to that, there's been a lot of um, study and information on climate change. And so people now come to this almost at the conclusion, which is right. climate change, right. as opposed to, look, first of all, we have finite resources. They are going to be used. And over time, we need to transition to um, renewable resources. Those will help with climate change. And at the same time, we need to conserve because uh, that transition is going to take time. And so what TEP has been doing, first of all, they are also transitioning. They're not using coal anymore. Uh, they're transitioning now with natural gas, but also into solar. And, Big time. And, and wind. And, yeah, and that's right, and wind. We don't, we don't see the, their wind power right, here. Right, because they're but, in New Mexico. <laughs> right, but, but it, 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 we get to utilize it. And, but what Dave has seen is that by assisting and sponsoring these other programs, all these pieces, uh, Local First uh, and uh, uh, the Green Business Program, um, which they're honoring, um, is an incredible way to really get people to conserve and to learn how to use more efficient energy. And that's really what it's all about. I mean, it would be nice if we lived in a world where, um, well, first of all, it is a world problem. It's not even an, right. a, a right. nation problem. But if you were to take, oh, China, the United States, and maybe the EU and, 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 and the Soviet Union and the four of them got together, <laughs> uh, that would be good. But That would be uh, really good. That would be really good. But... You know, and started talking about things like uh, carbon uh, savings. But until that day comes, you don't just throw up your hands and get angry. You do things. And all the people that TP uh, is, uh, and I'm a great believer that you do things locally. All the things that T, all the programs that TP is sponsoring and acknowledging, they're doing things. And taking that all together is how you move the needle. And I see, you know, I started this with big stars in my eyes and I'm going to, we're going to do this and this is going to be our platform and we need to preserve the rainforest. <laughs> and the more that I got into it and educated myself, because I have a social service background. I right. was like, I right. just showed up one day and like, okay, now I'm going to do this. When people ask me certain questions, I just look at them and say, everybody wants a simple answer and it's complicated. Correct. It's just complicated. Take a little bit deeper cut. And I think you need people pulling far to the left and far to the right. Maybe I would just say I'd like well, to see more to the yeah. left. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's be honest Let's here. not get too let's far. Not get, <laughs> let, let's not be disingenuous, <laughs> let's not, let's, Gina. Yeah. Um, but it takes some discussion to move the green needle forward. And what I see with TEP as not a paid spokesperson for them, is that they're all hands on deck. And the recent events that we've seen with the burning of Australia and all of those things, 
people are paying attention. Yeah. And I mentioned to you off air that I went to Green Biz last week and all the big dogs, I was I went to a private dinner with a mid-management level from BP. Yeah. And I said to her, Angela, like BP, British yeah, Petroleum? Yeah, yeah. She said, yeah. And I said, you know, I kind of want to hate you. Mm-hmm. And we laughed about it. She spent lots of time telling me what BP is doing globally because they're on board. They know if the planet doesn't survive, I mean, the right. planet will survive. If people on the planet don't survive, they're out of business. So the smart players, which are the big dogs, right. I mean, Shell is at the table, BP is at the table, trying to do things in a more sustainable way. And I wanted to tell you this too. The other day I was getting my hair done and this woman before me, she said, she knows I'm Mrs. Green. She said, Gina, so do you want to see my Tesla? I always want to see a Tesla. <laughs> so we go out in the parking lot and she tells it to back up. She's standing next to me. And yeah. it freaked me out. She backed her car up out of a tight space, standing next to me saying, okay, back up. So to me, that's progress. And I got really, really excited about it. So there's a lot of hands on deck. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing uh, is that young people, I'll call them young people. To me now, that's anyone under 50. (laughs) Yeah, I was was gonna, yeah. Well, I've always seen anyone younger than me. And if you're older, you're old. But but, uh, certainly 40 and under. um, This is their number one issue. Uh, It is. And so whether BP and Exxon or whoever it may be shall like it, they're going to need to respond the to it. The market will drive it. And that, but the young people then also need to understand or acknowledge that there are very big players and the real task is going to them and showing that it's in their best interest to do these things because they really can they have the technology the expertise to help change the world and you know as we educate people into these new technologies so that's the role the universities play and like you say you can now tell a car to you know back up back i was up. freaked out kind of and I was so, like oh my gosh but that means that the technologies can be developed and are being developed to address this issue and you know there are those that say look we only have so much time okay i mean i think one of the things that happened last year that was a big event and i think it was a european group actually put forth a roadmap to assure that we can get to where we want to get to by 2050 and 2050 is not very far away it blows my mind. I mean, yeah. it really blows my mind. And at this dinner, which is, you know, it's I'm just such on a constant journey of learning. Microsoft was there and BP, and we were sitting at a small table hmm. together. And there was a young woman who was talking about Microsoft's initiatives are unbelievable in terms of energy savings. And she was talking about, they talked about scope one, two, and three. So I had to educate myself on what that was. And she was talking about scope four. So some of the companies like that, the young people are pushing them to not just cut down, 
but to really sequester carbon to draw it down. Yeah. And one of my favorite books is Project Drawdown. How do we, it's a, there's a lot up there already. We keep putting it up. How do we develop things? Yeah. And if Microsoft is, is at the table, things will change. Yeah. So here's one of the everything I always wanted to ask Jonathan, but never had the chance <laughs> uh-uh. on my show because we had a thing. No, in the deep recesses of your soul, yeah. do you have a favorite or something, a moment or something you did as mayor in those eight years about which you are most proud? You did a lot of good things. Yeah. You had a really good team. Yeah. You never acted like you did it by yourself. Yep. But what brings a smile to your face and said, we got that over the finish line? So probably, I've been asked a lot, so I'm able to think it through a lot. And passing of all of the bond issues is clearly the to me the biggest accomplishment because whenever you can get a community to assess itself to improve its um, public uh, systems, that's a great thing. But of all of those three bond issues, the one I'm proudest of was the passage of the parks issue because, first of all, it was the biggest, uh, interesting enough, $225 million. Its scope is over a nine years. And within it, not only do we improve the parks, so we improve the quality of life for everybody in the city, but there was a whole lot of things that kind of quietly um, work to help the environment. Right, and, and, right. and change the quality of life for people in Tucson. So in addition to including in there new irrigation systems for our parks and all, you know, with current technologies, which is going to help. Which actually saves water. Saves a lot of water. Um, We included uh, new lighting uh, for all the sports fields, and that'll be all LED lighting or whatever that top technologies at the time. But the one I really like the best is um, the miles and miles, and I... Now, forget the exact number, so I don't want to say it, uh, of um, bike trails and walking trails that are off-road. Right, right. if you actually look on a map of them, there's a bit of a a veer in places, but uh, you can walk. When this program is completed 10 years from now, you'll be able to walk or bike across the city. And the loop is wonderful, and a lot in a lot of places it connects into the loop. But um, you, there's other places besides the loop. There, right? It, it, it actually will get you to from your home to uh, shopping centers and to parks and uh, safely. Yeah, without even which is my it. issue. Yeah, yeah. I only oh, ride issue. on the loop. Right. Because of my age, right. and I don't, I don't want to get in a bad um, bike accident. Right, right. And it's sometimes there are maniacs out there, but by and large, it's very, very safe. That's yeah. a great one. And I want to ask you about um, my daughter texted me the other day, and you know how we are in this town about like we're East Siders, and then there's West Siders, uh-huh. and we all love those Siders. Uh-huh. And so I go to Agua Caliente Park, yeah. and I love it. Yeah. Well, she went with her dog to Christopher Columbus Park. Yeah. yeah. She sent me pictures and she said, Mom, you're Mrs. Green. How come we haven't been here? It's on the west side. That's what I said to her. I said, well, I've heard about it and read about it. So that's on our list. But that's, she said it was joyful. Yeah. She's 39 years old. She goes, Mom, it is so amazing what's here. Yeah, now there's a lot of hidden gems. And one of the things that, you know, so when you're in government, you have certain resources available to you and you, I, I, 
I probably shouldn't tell you this because it'll make you just that much more, uh, you know, focused. But, but the city of Tucson is TP's biggest customer. Okay, and if you stop to think about right. it, it makes sense. You yes. know, all the street lights, all the yes. sports field lights, you know, all the traffic lights, all the all the buildings, and so the first thing you do, which the state can't tell you not to do because it's yours, is you focus on reducing your energy so systems. And yes. we've, while I was there, I think the project's done now, we've converted all of the traffic lights, to, um, street lighting to LED lighting. Uh, and it, and that's it, huge. It, well, I mean, it, yeah. that's humongous. Well, and what it does is, first of all, we can pay for it by the savings. So it's no cost out right, of pocket. Right. And when that is done being paid for, we have either more money for uh, you know police and fire and whatever it may be needed and the like. So there's a lot that can be done internally. And then, you know, I think when I left, we had 26 solar projects either underway or, or scheduled to be it's done. It's so moving forward. Yeah, I it, mean, it really is. So now that you are the ex-mayor, what do you think? So we have a wonderful new mayor, yeah. Rahina Romero. Yeah. She ran on a platform with climate change very high yep. in her priority. What do you think some of her What's, what's going to be her big challenges? Because you were in the driver's seat. Right. And what I understand, and I'm going to say it again, you just don't flip a switch. Or if we could, we lots of people would have. There's infrastructure, there's storage, there's so much when it comes to this city. So, so her biggest challenge is going to be, and she may bang her head against the wall, uh, where I would be like, no, I don't need the headache, uh, <laughs> is, is, is uh, you know, kind of trying to go external as opposed to keeping it internal. Um, and she'll get her head banged. Uh, and what but, do you mean by that, to go external? So say, for instance, you know, uh, and I'm not saying she's going to do these right, things, right, right. but to say, you know, you can't, uh, build a neighborhood unless you do these certain things. And the state won't allow that. I think what the state will allow is to say, if you build the neighborhood with these things, we can give you certain incentives. So, and, and that... Got and, it. And we need to Got move... It. It. We really need to move in that direction anyway. That yeah. was... Uh, if I had... Uh, it, one frustration was we didn't get enough of that done when I was there. And I think Rahino, once she gets focused on that, will move that. Uh, the other thing that, and Rahina is very on top of this, uh, we have the water. And without water, there's, there's nothing. nothing. And uh, so I think you'll see her move in directions, uh, water conservation directions, and using that water in conjunction with the county because county has the wastewater. And so things like Agua Caliente or what you see at Christopher Columbus Park, that's a combination of city county working together right, to take those right. water resources Which has to happen. and make them into something neat. And, yeah. and, and those two departments work well together. So. And we have Tim Tamura at, the, at yeah. the water department. And that guy, talk about a rocket scientist. I mean, he's working, he's taking... I think he's working on another PhD or something at U of A. I love when I get to see him because they care deeply well, about what a clear and present danger is to us right. in the desert southwest. And, and uh, you know, we were talking a little bit off air about uh, Tucson um, influence in the Phoenix area. Uh, when the whole 
issue came up of uh, the the CAP and how we were going to come together, um, the city of Tucson and Tim were at the head of the table. Totally. And leading the charge. Leading it and, 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 and giving a few things, setting an example for the other stakeholders to say, look, we need to get this done and we all have to give a little. We all have to be, uh, you know, put a little more water into the river um, and they did. And they did. And there's water stored and all that. Right. I mean, and if you sit where I sit in this chair many times, it's like, I want to say, you're right and you better keep it up. Don't yeah. take your foot off the pedal, yeah. your solar bike, whatever you're on, <laughs> not the gas pedal. <laughs> but it's really important that we keep our eye on that ball. It, it's the only thing in my world of interviewing people all the time that worries me the most as a mother and as a grandmother is the water issue because yeah. it's just, and we're at the bottom of the food chain, as I say, because we're down the, here the, and anybody up there that wants the to bottom, stop the water from the flowing, we're at the bottom of the hose yeah. and that's not necessarily a great place to be. No, yeah. Well, even though I think I could keep you here for three hours, you have a full-time job. I do. And you have other commitments that you're going to do can you just say what's next? I know you have a law firm. You have yeah. two sons working yeah. there. Is there any insight you want to share about what you see for Jonathan in the next, you know, two to five years? Or well, I have, I have, uh, I have uh, overcommitted. Uh, shocking! Shocking! To oh everybody. my God! There's a newsflash. This will probably go viral. How's Karen to, with that? She, <laughs> are you still married? We are still married. It's worked for all these years. Oh my uh, gosh! But, but uh, so one of the things I'm doing is teaching at the law school, and I'm teaching. Of uh, course, you. are. <laughs> you know, and I'm teaching state and local law, which I know a little about at this right. point. And but uh, the law school wants to develop a program in in conjunction with the Hari Institute um, uh, about um, kind of civic and political leadership. And from the Hari Institute's point of view, it's really about how do we get the conversation civil and how do we have those crucial conversations and bring oh people gosh. together. So you took on something easy. Oh, yeah, we'll solve it. <laughs> oh In fact, Mary and I... Civil discourse. Yeah. Mary, Mary Greer. Mary Greer and I presented to the Board of Visitors the other day and she presented the problem and I got up and said, and I've been hired to solve it. And, you know, <laughs> and, 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 uh, but and you're it, still married. <laughs> yeah, but it is, but it is fascinating the intellectual resources that are at the university. Unreal. And if you can harness them in any way, I think we can make a little, you know, in our town and in our state, I think we can make progress. And maybe the, those models go elsewhere. Uh, so I'm doing that. Part of that is we actually have... <laughs> there's a comma. <laughs> yeah, part of, there's a couple. Part of that is we've actually got going uh, in, in conjunction really with uh, Greater Tucson Leadership, uh, Tucson Young Professionals, Emerging Leaders, a uh, Civic and Political Leadership Academy. And we have a cohort of 12. We've actually had two sessions. We have it once a month for an all-day Saturday. It's a, it's a full it's a working lot. day. And, uh, but it's been great. I mean, we've been able to put together, in this first year, but we've been able to put together these programs, one and two, and the young people we have, and again, young people 25 to 45, they're soaking it in and, and they're going to be good future leaders, whatever they choose to do. And they could run for elected office, but they could do a lot of other things, you know. And so that's some of what I'm doing. It's building the future. That's, you know, we, you get to a point, and I hope we all have a lot of years left, but you get to a point where you say, you know, it's time to pay it forward. And so that's kind of what 
I'm looking forward to doing. And as I'm doing that, I'm actually growing myself, you know, because... I get that part. That's how I feel. I'm lifelong learning. And, you know, just a little thing about Howery. In the bigger picture, what Mrs. Howery left to the U of A is not like crazy money that happens sometimes in universities. But look at what they've done with it. I've been intimately involved with them. And in terms of changing the lives of young people, changing the fabric of our community, funding things that are not always the sweet spot, like... um, I'm thinking about bullets, something and bullets. What is it? You oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I have to think flowers about and flowers and bullets. Yeah. And really going a little bit rogue on traditional funding. And Mary Greer and Anna Spitz was there and my friend Nancy. They have a vision and they're getting a lot of bang for the buck in terms of what I call real systemic change. Yeah. So like a shout out to them. And now they have you, which makes me happy. Yeah. Um, so... I just want to say this is my personal close. And I really don't like to get choked up on the air. Sometimes I think more people should get choked up on the air because we have hearts and minds that should work more together. But um, I adore this man and he knows it. He's a good person. He's a good husband, kind of. Um, (laughs) He's a good father. He's a good citizen of our community and a good citizen of the planet. Every time I see you, my face lights up, and you know that. I always want to get to spend some time with you. And our city and our community and our world is better because you are in it, and we need more of you. You give from what I don't know a really bountiful source because you give a lot. So I was really excited to have you here Kudos to TEP for recognizing the work because they continue to do that and and honor their their, um, green partners. So we had eight really good years and you left a lot of things in good shape for Rahina to continue the work. Well, and thank you, Gina. And, you know, uh, it takes all of us and you're certainly one of us. And I just, you know, that's kind of what we just need to do is get people to understand that they can do something, not everything, but do that something. Right, take some baby steps. I mean, some of the people that I get to work with, even Hotel Congress, Todd is like a maniac about sustainability. What else can we do? And now his team has that. You know, they're going to get you, you know those little jams that are in the... they don't want single use of anything. So I it's underway and I hope I'm not, you know, getting anybody in trouble, but they're going to have homemade jam that they purchase locally in jars. Right. People don't understand the impact of that when you're hotel congress of single use plastic. Yeah. Because that's a one use, throw it in the garbage, landfill waste, have heavy energy to produce. So anything they can do because there's a spirit of sustainability in this town, and you were a big part of sparking mm-hmm. that. So thanks for being my friend. Thank you. Thanks for all you've done. And as always, I do my final thanks to all of you, the listeners, because without you, there would be no us. Make it a great green day. Mm-hmm.